Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Today, coming from close to Sacramento in California, we have Dorsa Heiz. Professionally, Dorsa Heiz is a chief overwhelm eliminator and joy giver at Pretty Smart Virtual Services with a team of overwhelm eliminator specialists to rescue entrepreneurs and small business owners out of overwhelm by tackling their to-do lists for them so they can take back their life and get back to doing what they love. Prior to starting the business in 2004, Dorsa was a litigation paralegal in a very demanding field of law that required her to work a great deal of overtime, and she began to discover that her heart was way too delicate for the type of work she was doing, and a change was needed. She started her business as a research assistant for the very first client, and it began to develop from here. Every time she would ask Dorsa to learn something new, Dorsa was always a yes, which led her to learn how to write code for websites, and she really tapped into being a total techie nerd. She loved it and continues to learn and grow her skills. Today, she partners with clients to provide a 30,000-foot view of their business and help strategize and provide solutions for the implementation of the tasks that overwhelm them. Social media management, writing blogs, updating or redoing websites, product launches, research, newsletter creation, short and long-term planning, and so much more. We like to think of ourselves as partners with each client, keeping their bottom line in mind and their goals in sight. Dorsa holds a BS, like a bachelor, from Loyola University of Chicago in psychology and a bachelor from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in criminal justice, as well as a certificate of achievement in graphic design from Sierra College. After enduring the loss of 28 people in her life in a two-year period, Dorsa started Summit to Your Success, a choose-your-own-adventure healing portal where she shares with people how to tap into the healing power of nature. And today's topic is healing with nature from the loss of 28 close ones. I mean... First of all, condolences, because it is a real loss and it has certainly put you, broke you to your knees many times over. And I recognize and acknowledge you for this experience. Yes, thank you. So that, I mean, we have already provided a good overview with this uh, introduction. Maybe can you run us, you know that we are on Real Talk, Real Women, breaking the silence around abuse, and there is a part of abuse in your life, followed by all these losses, which is another form of abuse about how do you deal with that kind of loss within mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. It's a serious matter. Mm-hmm. Can you <clears throat> maybe in a five, seven minutes um, talk to us about what has happened to you? What shaped you yeah. with who you are today? Yeah. So, um, you know, when you and I were sort of chatting about this topic, um, one of the things that was sort of a, an underlying current was my relationship with my mom, 
which was very strained. Um, when I was growing up, I really struggled uh, to, f- you know, connect, I guess would be just the best way to describe it, really to feel like um, that I, I had a preconceived notion in my head, right? And I can also probably thank TV and <laughs> things like that for some of the misnomers that might not be a relationship that you would have with uh, a loved one in your life. And I I struggled. Um, you know, my birth father left my mom when I was um, just after I was born in the hospital. And um, so that was really kind of the catalyst, I think, that was a wedge for us. Um, she did have to have an emergency hysterectomy right after she had me. And as a result of that, I think, you know, we didn't get our mom baby bonding time because she had to go into an emergency surgery and then she had to have that recovery. And that's a pretty traumatic surgery. So we were not apart the whole time. You know, I did of course get to see her, but I spent the first month of my life in the nursery of the hospital and, you know, she was recovering in the hospital. So that was kind of the impetus for what I would say is kind of that real struggle for us is that if, I don't know what things would have been like if my, my birth father had stayed, I don't know. And I don't ponder that at all because I know that, um, you know, God, the universe has put me in this path and in this place for a reason. And, um, that relationship being the challenge and struggle that it was really, you know, kind of followed me through life, not like a a cloud, but like for lack of a better way to describe it, really, it was kind of a cloud that was over me. And I was always sort of yearning for that acceptance and looking for maybe creating expectations that couldn't be met because, you know, she was meeting me where she was. And I didn't realize that at the time, but I would come to realize that later. And I think that that was one of the really big uh, healing and turning points for me in my relationship with her, even though that was after she passed away. Um, I would say, you know, I mean, I I could give you specific examples if you want some examples, but I think, um, yeah, it kind of lays that framework of just like always striving to have that acceptance or acknowledgement or, you know, oh, I'm proud of you or whatever that might look like, just always striving for it and feeling like it's right almost there and you can almost touch it and it just keeps slipping away. And, you know, again, I, I said it earlier, you know, she was doing the best where she was from and meeting me where she could. And I was just trying to reach further. And uh, really the last few years before she passed away, she and my, my stepdad got divorced and they had been married for gosh, like 30 years. So that was actually pretty traumatizing to me as an adult because um, it was also a blindside to me. I had no idea it was coming. So my dad calls me up and says, hey, you know, hey, have you talked to your mom? And I'm like, no, not lately. And he says, you know, I think she left me. And it was pretty devastating, you know, to be in the, the same uh, situation of like finding that news out with him because I was the first person that he called when it happened. And I was like, holy smokes, like what is happening right now? And I just kind of remember being rocked back and like, just, whoa, like what is happening right now? And nobody heard from her for a few days. And she had gone um, to live with my half sister. And that was where she spent the last few years of her life. And I don't know 
to be honest with you, I feel like she had some torture, you know, some demons going on for herself. And I feel like those last few years were really a struggle. And uh, when I got the news that she had passed away, I actually uh, received that news in a voicemail from a complete stranger. And so, um, as you might imagine, you know, it's your mom. So it's that one and only mom that you have. And I was just kind of like, you know, holy shit, like what? And I'm on, I'm listening to this voicemail. We'd just gotten out of a movie, my husband and I, and he goes, what is it? What, what's going on? And I'm like, I, I hung up the phone and I looked at him and I said, this guy just said my mom died. And he was like, wait, what? He's like, honey, would you mind, you know, playing the message again? Like, let me hear it too. Like, let's let process this together. And, and sure enough, like we listened to it again and he's like, you know, I'm the maintenance supervisor at the blah, blah, blah apartments. And I was just, I, I seriously like at a loss because I had no idea people would actually leave a message like that, much less a complete stranger leaving a message like that. So that was the first of the 28 people who passed away. And, um, you know, it was very unexpected because I'm not going to say like she was super healthy and all of these things, but she was pretty young. I mean, she was only, I think, 63 when she died. So that's, I mean, that's pretty young. Um, But again, like I said, she had those tortured demon kind of things. And I just always kind of saw her. And especially I think as we work on ourselves, we start to see these things showing up in other people that um, help us on our own journey, but also like make you long to want that more for the other person. And that's really where I was before she died. I had been doing a lot of work on myself and really just trying to to better myself, be a better human, uh, be a better daughter, be a better wife, and, you know, how I could show up better. And, you know, when I got that news, it was just devastating. And um, it was about three months before the next person passed away. And that actually happened to be my great-grandmother. And, um, it was just a challenge, you know, just like you're in the middle of this grief and I had started journaling right after it happened. And I felt like, you know, I really want to write a book about this because I can't be the only person who's struggled to grieve the loss of a parent or a relationship that was difficult. So I just felt compelled to write it. And then uh, when my great grandmother died, it was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? (laughs) Because it was really, um, I talk about this in my book, but I an experience called compounding grief where you're in the middle of grieving and then another person passes and then there's this new wave of grief and then that brings up old things with the other person you are grieving and then you can imagine over this two-year period as this was going on and on every few months it was like holy cow what I I, I'm I'm like this (laughs) like okay (laughs) like okay god like what's the message here and you know you really try to dig into that feeling of you understand God doesn't give you more than you can handle. But at some point I was like, holy cow, what is it exactly you think I can handle? Okay, I get it. And also, (laughs) you know, um, and then actually one of the other losses I didn't mention to you, I don't think in our uh, leading up to this conversation was that I actually was diagnosed with the vocal disorder. And um, that, that was something um and I that uh, is coherent with what yeah. you just went through yeah how to absolutely. lose your voice because it's so so overwhelming to go through all this loss and grief and trying to talk and to journal and just just cannot get that and process that and you you stuck it in your throat yep 
in your yep. voice. Yeah. And I, I actually do still have it. It is, um, it's neurological in origin, which basically just means they don't exactly know what causes it. I, my own research had indicated exactly what you just said, which is trauma-based. And I absolutely agree and believe that. Um, it sounds like my voice is okay in this setting, but if we were in a room with a lot of ambient background noise, it would be really difficult to hear me. So I have to sometimes rely on my husband to kind of, you know, be my voice when we're out. Um, or I kind of have to like make up kind of noises to like get attention because it, it's something that I can make a louder noise with. Um, so, you know, you just kind of roll and adapt. And that was, um, I think that happened around six months into this journey. And it was, it was lots of doctor's appointments and specialists and appointments and therapy and speech therapy and all of these things to finally get a diagnosis. And then I was like, okay, well, that's not going to be the thing that defines me either. You know, one of the things from this grief journey was I'm not going to be letting grief be what defines me. I'm not going to be this sad woman that, you know, oh, boo-hoo is me. No, that wasn't going to be me. I wanted to be empowered and I wanted to take this grief and turn it into something meaningful. Um, because I know from talking to friends, they have felt, they have shared that they felt grief identified them. You know, they lost a spouse and like that person was the other half of them. So how do they go on where they've lost a child? There's something I personally, I don't have children, so I really can't fully empathize with, but I can empathize as being the child, having lost a parent, what that might feel like for my, my parent. So um, all of that to say, like, that was a big circle around and back to, you know, then I went on this amazing backpacking trip a few years after all of this happened and about a year after my book was published. And I came home from, it was a three-day trip, and I came home and was just like, wow, I had this total peace and feelings of ease around what had previously brought like knots into my stomach when I would think of like my relationship with my mom. And it was really powerful. And I didn't know exactly in the moment what it was. And as I started to kind of process it and like I wrote and journaled about it and I got curious and was just like, why is that showing up? What does that look like? What does this mean? And so what I really came back to noticing was it was the time I spent in nature and, you know, we did this 40 mile amazing butt kicker trip. And it was my first time doing a, an actual backpacking trip. And my husband and I were like, hey, let's see if we want to do this. And we did it with a friend. And it was amazing. And, you know, I now every trip I go out, I set an intention before I go that I, you know, I just want to receive whatever is meant to be received in that moment and in that trip. And every trip has a gem. You know, every time in nature, every time I hug a tree, all of it, it's all powerful. It's all um, meaningful. And, you know, those are some of the things that I try to help impart to other people because, you know, they don't call it mother nature for nothing. Mother, you know, like wants to hug us and, and hold us in. And, um, you know, if we allow it and we give back to it in the same way, it's it can be a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I can chime in with two experiences with trees. Yeah. Yes. The first one, which is the most transformative ones. I left 15 years of domestic violence in June 2013. Mm -hmm. It's almost 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. One more year. My third 
last and dream husband Sasha was just a friend and a brother-like, mentor-like. He's very spiritually aware. And during 15 years, actually during all my life until 34 years old, I was not spiritually aware of very mm-hmm. little. Mm-hmm. So I was just like running through the problem, running through violence, running through all everything, not aware of the universe, not aware of energy, not aware of anything. Mm. Though sometimes I heard some knocking on my heart, <laughs> like some some words that were like, I mean, there is something I have to recognize. That day, one week after I left, I was still a wreck, but I had mm. that hope and that looking forward to have one day with him elsewhere, out of town. And he just followed his intuition, followed his perception, and he drove me to a gigantic tree in the middle of country, countryland. I mean, nowhere. There was no towns around in Switzerland. That's easier. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he tells me, sit in front of that tree, connect with that tree. Mm. I look at him like, livid and white. What do you (laughs) want me to do? Exactly that. Yes. He, I had one big thing in my favor. Since the f- very first time I crossed his eyes, his look, I feel I love you, I trust you. It's not even a, 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 like a couple. It's just, yeah. like, I love you, I trust you, like I do an angel. Mm-hmm. Like I do an angel. Mm-hmm. Except that this angel is in body, so I can have a physical exchange yeah. and I hear back. Yeah. So... With that level of trust, which is a complete level of trust, though I did not know him, but I had perception. Okay, connect with that tree. That day, when I connected with that tree, I tapped into that spiritual power and I felt my first energy healing Mm. from Mother Nature. And I started to hear words in that Mm. spiritual ear. Yeah, And I started to hear guidance. It was like, it's true. (laughs) We can do that. What's that? It's amazing. And then he asked me, okay, look around you. What do you see? And I was there, I don't know. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Sky. I didn't know what to answer. And that true answer was, I see infinity, I see love, I see universe, I see mm-hmm. everything is possible. That mm-hmm. was what he expected me to find out. Yes. Now jump forward eight years later. In the meantime, we have moved to the United States. We have experienced many, many, many things. One day I was desperate. And during that moment of desperation, I decided to go for a walk. That was often my safety mechanism. Mm -hmm. Just walk it out. Mm -hmm. I was led to a tree that is gigantic. We have to be, I don't know how many, maybe four or five people with with open arms to go around that tree (laughs) that has gigantic roots that you can, you have to go over. So that kind of gigantic, thousand maybe not maybe thousand maybe two or three hundred years old tree or something yeah. like that and suddenly i just felt compelled 
who hugged that tree though it was like that gigantic thing and me small things and <laughs> so, so, so size is amazing the message I received was very clear and this is what I'm sharing with you because you are really in that realm that tree with hands so many storm so many fires mm -hmm. so many ups and downs so many days so many everything who are we to complain for little things that this was a means and Powerful. when i received that i really took a step back but that tree even more Mm. and called it mother mm -hmm. the real mother earth mm -hmm. mother nature yeah and that gave me such a power of connection yeah a step back so now back to you mm -hmm. there is a time during that series of 28 plus Mm -hmm. when you are screaming it out enough is enough as you said before I'm not going to let that uh, that throat illness um, define me I'm not going those grief I'm not mm -hmm. letting those grief define me there is a time when you just make a pure decision and you discover this nature what is that key moment when everything shifts in your consciousness and whatever you go through is never the same. I, yeah. I mean, I kind of alluded to it coming back from that first backpacking trip. It was really, I think I was sitting literally at this table and I was, I remember just that there was this sense of, you know, I had mentioned earlier saying I really had longed for that connection and that appreciation and, and acceptance and approval from my mom. And I remember early in my marriage to my husband, he had mentioned to me, honey, you need to let go of your expectations of that relationship and you won't be disappointed. And, you know, I, I tried, I will say that I tried and it wasn't until I was sitting at this table and I had come back from that trip that I was sitting here just allowing whatever was to come to come. And it was in that exact moment that I was like, okay, so I have released the expectations. So, you know, I've read a lot of books. I said, mentioned that I've done a lot of self-help. There was a book and I can't remember the name of it, but it was about um, toxic relationships and one of the things that it had mentioned was that when people die, sometimes if you don't have that proper healing or closing of that relationship, they can hold on to you from the grave. And I remembered sitting at this table thinking, I don't feel that anymore. I could totally relate to that feeling of like, ooh, the, the hand is coming out, right? Not creepy, like zombie kind of way, but just I, I felt that very much. And I think it was more around my heart than around anything else. And I remember just sitting here feeling like the peace and the 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 ebbing and flowing of whatever was happening with my feelings and being completely okay with my relationship with my mom and knowing 
it's fine. And knowing that, you know, I talk about her in posts now, like her birthday is coming up in a few weeks and I'll do a, a memorial post in honor of her and, you know, know that she was proud of me and know these things that she just wasn't capable of saying or of giving those feelings or direction. And that's completely okay. Because, you know, I have this relationship in nature where I can have that fulfillment. You know, I, I like to sometimes sit with my hands in the dirt when we're out because that that feeling and that connection, right? My fingers being like the roots going into the earth. There is something incredibly grounding and literally it's called grounding. But doing that is so incredibly cathartic. And, you know, that's something that I tell people they can do that just literally in their backyard. Um, You don't have to go anywhere in the middle of nowhere. You don't have to go on a 40 mile backpacking trip like I did. You can if you want, but you don't have to. You can literally get it as easy as going out in the backyard or like your, your husband when you were friends that he drove you to the middle of nowhere to this tree that it's, you know, his intuition pulled you in that direction. And he, he led you to that because he was open to and listened to the guidance that he was receiving. And there's so much power in that if we just get out of our own way, because we always want to logicize everything, logicize, make everything logical, whatever, making up words. Um, but we want to make everything so logical and have it make sense. And for someone like myself, you know, I mentioned, you mentioned earlier from my background, I'm a paralegal. So I have that analytical brain that wants to dissect things into details. And I want to have all the things have a reason and have things connected. And you know what? Sometimes they just don't. Um, and I remember like I said, sitting at this table, just having that peace of mind that it's okay. And you know what? Yeah, our relationship sucked. And that's okay, too. Because you know what? I've been blessed with other people in my life who are like a mom, including my mother-in-law, who treat me just like they would treat a daughter. You know, she doesn't have any daughters. So I can say that she has sons. But I have been fortunate and blessed in that way with so many people that are, they just envelop me in love and acceptance and appreciation. And, you know, like what more could you ask for? So I'm incredibly grateful for that because I think that time in nature really, I had always had an appreciation for nature and an appreciation for the power that it could provide healing. Um, I know as a kid there, my parents have a picture of me that I was like petting a wild horse in a field near my grandma's house. And they were all terrified the horse was going to trample me. And I could have like, I was just like, oh yes, a little pretty horse. (laughs) And you know, that I know that's always been part of me and part of my spirit. And I feel like it's reconnecting kind of with that childlike sensation of you know, run in the field, play, let your hair blow, right? The things that we allow as our adult lives to take over and take precedence don't have to be what bog us down. And that's one of the things I really like to say is just look at it with childlike wonder and, you know, yeah, run. If you, if you don't have bad knees or bad hips or anything, right? Like run and do the things and just be goofy, roll in the dirt, look at the clouds, right? Like do all of those things because they're amazing and you are going to feel amazing after the experience. Completely. And look at young cattle when they do that. Yeah. I yep. mean, this is something that we all share. Look at squirrels when they yeah. do that. 
Yep. It says beautiful. <laughs> Total joy. Total joy. Oh, God. It is absolutely a delight to have you here. Thank you. I truly value what you bring to the heart of our audience. Thank you. You know, this piece of healing is essential. Yeah. What is the name of your group so that people can find you and join and, and find ways to support you and to enjoy, share? Yeah. Um, they can find me by my name on pretty much most social media platforms. And the name of my group is um, How to Heal, um, How to Use Nature for Self Healing. And um, I think I gave you the link for that. Um, would love to have anyone connect with me there. I, I post every day, well, Monday through Friday, some weekends, you know, we're out a lot on the weekends doing mm. the nature thing. So, mm. um, but I do like to, you know, I have a YouTube channel that I post various videos to just, you know, things I observe and things I, I take note of when we're out, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one other thing, if I can add this, one other thing that I did sort of I I kind of alluded to was like that kind of closing the chapter. Um, There was an experience with a friend who died. This was actually before the 28 people that I lost in that period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, after this experience backpacking, I remember going back and having this moment where I sat and had to um, kind of have a chapter closing ceremony, if you will, Mm -hmm. because um, she, I think I believed that, she had been killed um, and and it was covered up and it sounds conspiracy theory, like, and all of this, but I really had to go through this to myself to have closure around that because otherwise I would lay in bed at night, some nights, not every night, some nights wake up and think, gosh, when I wonder if that was what happened. And then my brain would go down this rabbit hole. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we allow that, that's where that spiral comes in. And that's where like that just downward, trajectory of doom and gloom and you know I had to make the the choice and I'm not saying I like made up some crazy story what I did was I just told myself that's what happened I will never know the actual truth and that's okay because I don't need the truth for my brain to be able to not have that experience in the middle of the night when I wake up and have that you know treadmill of doom running I don't need that and so I just had to reframe it and I, I think about her now in the light of I love her and I miss her um, because she was way too young. She was only 25 and it was awful that she died the way she did. And, you know, now I can talk about it with, okay, you know, this is what happened and it's tragic and sad. And she had a little boy that she left behind that will never know what an amazing mom he had. So. I'm so sorry, but I, t- it's, I mean, we can only empathize. Yeah. Understand, exactly. Mm. Feel with a person for a little while. Yeah. And what can we do with that? Accept, Turn it into yep. Release, forgive. Yeah. Forgiveness on, is huge. Oh, it's huge. And keep mm. on loving. Yeah. This is the only don't, way to go. And don't but, guard yourself. No. Yeah. Absolutely. No. And I was really happy cry, just when you said that about your friend end up becoming your husband I that makes me so happy because you know I feel like a lot of people that end up in a 
domestic violence or in other types of emotional abuse or whatever, they tend to look at themselves as the problem and shut themselves off. And I feel like that just breaks my heart because it's like, no, there is someone out there for you. There, People are not meant to be alone. And there is a human that's out there for you. And maybe you haven't found them yet. And don't give up hope. You know, um, I think that that, yeah, I don't know why I was where I, why I was led to share that, but I, I have tears in my eyes about it. So I know it's very authentically like not me sharing it. So <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We embrace you. Thank you. And the person who is listening to you right now is also embracing you and saying, oh, thank you. I needed to hear <laughs> that today. I guarantee you. Thank you. Wow. All right. We are going to wrap it up here to be embraced by Mother Nature, loving arms. Can imagine that sensation of being healed Mm. by the energy of nature. And don't forget that all our homes are made first from wood before everything else, meaning that we are first Mm. surrounded by wood, by trees, by love. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dorsa. And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you one of these days. Thank you so much. <laughs>